Hello, fellow griever. This is the Leftover Pieces Suicide Loss Conversations podcast, and I am Melissa, your host. This week, you have found yourself with me for one of my shorter, solo, down-the-rabbit-hole episodes. Here, I take you with me on a journey of sorts, through thoughts in my own griefy mind. Some days, I may tackle topics as if I am in Alice's shoes, slaying the Jabberwocky, and on others, I may end up in my own pool of tears, or I may just go a bit sideways and paint the proverbial roses red, but I always promise an adventure. So let's dive down the rabbit hole and see just what sorts of madness we might discover together. I am glad you have joined me, because while I do know how lonely this grief is, I also believe we needn't be alone. Welcome. Hello, griever, and welcome to today's Down the Rabbit Hole episode. This is season four, episode 24, and today you have tuned in for the very first question and answer rabbit hole. I plan to do this probably once a month. We'll see how it goes. If there's plenty of questions and all of that, I will do it at least once a month for the rabbit hole episode, um, one of the two that month, and then I'll do a regular rabbit hole the other episode. And so the next rabbit hole episode to submit your questions for would be for March 26th. Today, I have six questions submitted that I'm going to answer. Um, And the answers are not given by a professional, they're given by me. So it's my opinion based on my experiences. And just know that those opinions could be different based on um, your own individual experiences. You can submit a question if you're interested at my website, which is www.theleftoverpieces.com. And you can find it under the podcast drop down that would say submit a question, but you can also just type in the leftoverpieces.com forward slash question and get it that way as well. So either just going to the website and going through the drop down or um, entering my website with a forward slash the word question, and that will get you there. And I will um, go ahead and dive in for today and read the first question that is submitted by Lisa. And Lisa says, Hi, Melissa, I was wondering how your children are getting through the loss of their brother. I am constantly worrying about my surviving son. Do you have any advice on this subject? Thank you, Lisa. And Lisa, I do have some thoughts on this subject. I'm not sure whether I would qualify it as advice, because I'm sometimes hard pressed to give actual advice, but I am happy to give my opinion and my thoughts. And I want to first qualify it by saying that when my son Alex died, he was 21 years old, he had been away at college for a couple of years. And my youngest son, my Alex was my middle child. My daughter was already out of the home and had been for a while. And my youngest son was just going to college right as we lost Alex. And so I did not have any children that were left living at home 
And I do understand that that's very different, especially I have an understanding of it since the last few years. I have worked so closely with other grieving moms, and many of them do have children still living at home. So my thoughts on this topic are to be as open and honest as you can be with your kids about not only your own grief, but how very different grief is. And the people that I know that seem to navigate this most successfully have an open communication line with their kids and also have a rule in their house where it's something like we're all allowed to grieve however we need to and allowing each other space and grace for that seems to be one of the most successful things. I do know that my husband and I have talked a lot about Parker, my youngest son, and how the first year away at college, he wasn't very far away. He was fairly close to us physically, so we were able to see him a lot. But even even he, my son talks about how we probably touched base with him more frequently that first year, probably a lot more frequently, if truth be told. But in talking about that years later, he says that he was very, very glad that we were in touch with him more because he too was struggling and didn't know what to do with this. And even though he didn't need a lot from us, he needed just to know we loved him and that we were there and that we were struggling as well. And that that was going to look different from day to day. I apologize. I'm still getting over a a horrendous cold that that looked different day to day and um, week by week that this journey is not linear I offered to get him counseling if he felt like he needed it. He did not feel like he needed it, but I talked about it multiple times, let him know if he ever did feel that that would be helpful to please let us know. And then as a family, we have just continued to talk about how to integrate memories of his brother into our family. I've always done the same with my daughter as well. She was always very vocal about, um, her brother to even her young child. And now she has multiple children and they all recognize and know who uncle Alex is in pictures. And we just stay very open about our grief journey and what to do um, when we are feeling off. And, and, you know, I know sometimes surviving children are definitely at a higher risk. Statistically, any of us that have lost someone by suicide are at a higher risk for suicidal ideation and suicidal risk. And so if if it feels that way at any time, obviously, the intervention needs to be more serious and needs to be where you do consult a professional. But otherwise, depending on the age of your child, having open conversations, if they're younger, there are plenty of books and resources available out there. I know I have some on my website. If they're college age, there are a lot of resources or activities that they could um possibly bring to their college to help bring awareness. Every child is different, Lisa. So depending on whether your child wants to talk a lot about it or not, because I have, I do have some friends that I know that their one child wants to talk about and memorialize their sibling a lot. And one wants nothing to do with it. And sometimes that's just the way they cope. It doesn't mean they'll always feel that way. It doesn't mean that they aren't grieving. It just means they're grieving differently. So I don't know if that helps at all. But if you have any more specific questions, please feel free to reach out. And um, 
I can I can do a part two if that didn't quite get what you were looking for. So my second question submission comes from Carrie. And Carrie asks, is it normal to lose friends after a suicide of a loved one? And quite honestly, in my experience and in the experience of all of the people that I know, my honest answer would be yes. Unfortunately, it is normal to lose some people after a traumatic loss like suicide. And that doesn't mean it happens to everybody or it always happens. But for the most part, we are changed so very much after the loss of a loved one by suicide that, and and I would say this happens after a lot of trauma. I mean, if we experience something traumatic in our life or extremely up uplifting up or up um up ending um we often see shifts in our inner circle and loss by suicide is no exception to that in many ways it's even more prominent and i'm going to give my my thoughts on that it's taken a while to unpack some of this for me because I had to live live it and then get to the other side of some of it. Because in the beginning, I was very hurt and even went through anger and bitterness regarding the people that I thought would be there that weren't. And what I came to understand was that if somebody doesn't have the capacity to understand this, they just don't. And then on some level, I'm thankful that they don't. But also what I came to represent for many of my friends that also had children was living proof of their very worst nightmare that a child could die. And let's face it, most of us before we lost a child or a loved one to suicide would say, I don't know how I would do that if that ever happened to me. I don't think I could. Well, those of us that have done it know that we're not given a choice and that we have the ability to do things that far surpass what we think we could survive or live through. And I've just come to realize that it was better for me to focus on all of the people that I gained, which actually outnumbered the people that I lost. I have gained some of the most amazing people in my life. And yes, Almost without exception, they also have lost someone to suicide. But I've come to see those people as gifts from my child. And I no longer even spend any time thinking about the people that I lost. And here's the thing about life, and I'm sorry to get deep and philosophical, but we have most people in our life for a reason or a season. Very few people in our life will be for a lifetime. And we probably are pretty lucky if we make it all the way to the end of our life with just a couple people that have made the journey with us. For the most part, people come and go in our life for a reason and a season. And unfortunately, some people just can't stay for the season that we have all entered. And I've just come to see it for what it is. And I no longer have any bitter anger or resentment about it. 
Like I said, as a matter of fact, I rarely think about it because I've now turned my focus forward and I now just spend my time thinking of all the gifts that I've received. That doesn't mean I would like, wouldn't like to go back and unreceive those gifts and have my son back, but I know firmly that that's not an option. And so the choice that I make is to embrace the gifts. The third question is from Holly. And Holly asks, I have a friend who lost a son to suicide several years ago. I feel like she could really benefit from you and what you have to offer, but I don't know how to approach her about it. Any advice you have would be greatly appreciated. The thing that I would say very first, Holly, from my gut instinct, and and I didn't read these questions ahead of time. I saved opening these questions so that I could respond to them um, organically. So I could be, you know, have a blind response, so to speak. So Holly, what I would say is just ask her, say, I have a friend that I know, or however you want to refer to me, that has also lost her son by suicide. And she happens to do a podcast and has a lot of work she does in her community with grieving moms as well. And I thought you might like to know about her podcast and the other things she has to offer. And then just let her answer. She'll either say, yeah, that would be great. Thanks for thinking of me. Or she might say, no, thanks. I'm good. But a lot of times people are afraid to talk to us about our loss, Holly. And truth be told, we want people to acknowledge our loss because we feel very alone and very ignored and um, almost like nobody cares often anymore, not only about us, but about our child. So the very fact that you're brave enough to bring it up and talk to her and say, hey, I might have some resources that would be Um, beneficial to you or something that you would enjoy having, I think she would receive with open arms. And I would back that up by saying as often as you can ask her how she's doing or remember to acknowledge not only the loss of her child, the date of the death of their child, as well as maybe things like if you happen to have it jotted on your calendar, the date of her child's birthday, and even things that may seem mundane to people that haven't experienced this loss. Mother's Day is very hard. Holidays in general are very hard. And so just being that friend that's willing to send a quick text that says, I realize this is probably a really hard day or a hard time of year. I just want you to know I'm thinking about you and mention their child's name as often as you can. Um, Those are some of the things I would advise on that, Holly. I also have a submission for a question here from Adam. I love getting submissions from um, all sorts of people, men and women. And so it's great to see one come in from a man. What is something you can say to a grieving parent other than I'm sorry? Adam, I think this is a great question. And I think there's probably a lot of people that wonder this. I think it's okay to say I'm sorry for your loss. But sometimes I think it's better to say more specifically something like, I'm so sorry to hear about the loss of your precious son, Alex, like in my case, I'll use Alex's name, or I can't imagine living in a world without one of my children. This must be unbelievably hard. I'm always here to listen if you just want somebody to sit with or to say something like, I have no idea what to say, and I cannot imagine how you're feeling. 
like if you don't have your own children, um, if you do, you can say, I can only imagine this has to be the worst thing you could have possibly imagined. And I don't know what to do, but please know I care about you and I'm here and I'll listen anytime. And one of the worst things besides just saying I'm sorry would be to just say, let me know what I can do. That open-ended thing, a griever is never going to take you up on, Adam. So it's always good to say something more specific, like I'm going to check on you frequently and and, and, and um, just be willing to do small things for them, especially in the beginning or especially around anniversaries or dates. Take them a coffee if it's their birthday or their child's birthday or their loved one's anniversary date of their death or something like that. Just show up and do something is better than tell, giving them that open-ended, let me know what I can do, because they will not reach out. They don't feel like they can. They don't have the bandwidth. Um, so I hope that helps, Adam. Two more left. Um, this next one is from Linda. Linda asks, how does grief, su- grief from suicide differ from other forms of grief, or does it entirely? And again, I'm going to respond based on what my experience is. And remember that if you're listening and your loss is not a child, your feelings may be different from this. But I have lost uh, my my major losses in life besides my son, where I lost my father over 20 years ago to uh, cancer, but he was diagnosed and gone within four months. He was only he's just about to turn 49. And I was only 30. And I had three young kids. And I thought my dad was going to be around to see great grandkids. He was the one the parent that I was extremely close to. As a matter of fact, besides my children, he was the person that I cared about the most on the planet. And the very next person that I would have cared about the neck the most was my maternal grandmother. I was extremely close to both of my grandmas, but especially the one. And I had my grandparents past my dad. So when I lost my dad, and then I started losing grandparents, and I've lost a couple of of high school friends. So I thought I kind of knew loss. I've also been through a couple of traumatic relationships and some different things. So I thought I knew grief and loss a little bit. But what I'll tell you is for me, nothing really touched the loss of my son. Now that said, as a mother, I think that losing a child that you grew inside of your body that you knew before they even breathed air probably is about as bad as it could get. And so I'm just speaking from my experience, but if I would were to try to just speak to the suicide part of it, I know that losing a child to suicide versus another way feels like it's a bit more complicated. So suicide loss in general is complicated because people don't understand it. There's so much guilt that goes along with suicide loss. There's so many unanswered questions. There's all the things. There's the stigma that a lot of us have grown up thinking or hearing certain things with regard to suicide. And until we have to live through this and until we educate ourselves and understand mental health struggles more and things, it is something that is is an added layer. So that's my answer to that, Linda, is yes, it is different. It's not entirely different, because on some level, you could argue that it's still grief. And it's still loss. But I would add that it does absolutely add a complicated layer to this loss. The final question comes from 
another Melissa. I love I love your name, Melissa. <laughs> Melissa asks, what is something I can shift in my own language to help support someone going through a suicide loss experience? And I have I do have some things to say right off the bat. You can absolutely shift things like not using the term committed suicide. You can say died by suicide. It doesn't hearken back to the days of suicide being a crime, which is often what we hear about when we say someone committed a crime. You know, they commit homicide. And if you understand and educate yourself about suicide, it makes more sense. And I won't go down a deep dive into a a tunnel in the rabbit hole for that one, but just just on a level of being a layman's um, answer, if you can familiarize yourself with things that are more comfortable for the lost survivor to hear, like died by suicide, but you can also put things in your language that are more compassionate. You can say things like, and I know I've already said this in responding to Adam's question, but you can say things like, I don't know what to say, but please know that I love you and that I'm here. You can familiarize yourself with some important dates to your loved one and remember them on those dates. And hopefully they'll do the same for you if you have loss in your life, as I have found most people that have experienced traumatic loss are very empathetic themselves and do tend to be very compassionate towards other people's loss. But I think just shifting your overall language um, to not be avoiding their loss, because a lot of people do say, well, I just don't want to talk about their fill in the blank loved one, child, spouse, because I don't want to remind them I don't want to make them sad. And what I'm going to tell you is that there's no way that we're forgetting. So reminding us, you don't have to remind us, it never leaves us. You can't make us sad because sadness lives right there alongside of even our happiness. And what we want is for somebody to talk about our loved one. We want somebody to bring up our loss and that we are human and that they acknowledge that what we're going through is extremely hard. So even if somebody cries, it's okay. And the best thing you can do is confirm that it's okay, um, that you're here, whether they're crying or laughing and that you love them anyway. So I hope that some of this helps. I think these were really great questions. I'm, I'm surprised, um, that in some ways they're all, all a little bit different. I realized there was a little bit of connection. I look forward to doing this every month and talking about, um, different, topics that around suicide loss that people have questions or they're thinking about. I don't know what else to say besides this was um, a little bit different. It was um, definitely something that I enjoyed doing, open these and reading them um, for the first time. And I look forward to doing them further. And so to remind everyone, I will be doing the next question and answer down the rabbit hole episode on March 26th. I welcome any questions that you have with regards to suicide loss, whether it's your own personal questions, whether it's something from me, that's perfectly fine. Um, You can just ask me anything, really, I'm a pretty open book. And you can submit your questions through my website, 
There's a drop down when you open it for the podcast that will say ask a question or something like that. And you could also just type in www.theleftoverpieces.com forward slash question and you'll get the page that way as well. So I look forward to having more questions and doing this segment if everybody's enjoying it in the future. Um, I look forward to releasing several more roundtable episodes coming up. If you haven't heard the one that just came out with eight brave moms, I would love to know your feedback on that episode. I hope to do one with siblings. Well, I'm going to do, I have one scheduled to do with siblings in the very near future. Um, Friends of my son. So in other words, the perspective that friends have and how that's affected their life. And I'm working to put together a roundtable episode with three or four dads and always welcome any ideas, suggestions, or submissions you have for the podcast up to and including anyone you know, or yourself, if you feel like you would be a good guest to have a conversation in a regular conversation style episode. So until then, I hope that everybody has a great week. I hope that you are good to yourself, that you are taking extra care and being gentle with yourself and giving yourself as much grace and space as you as you need. And until next time, fellow griever, talk soon. So we'll conclude here for today, but I just wanted to say a few things before you go. If you're new to the podcast and have not listened to the very first episode called Intro Episode Start Here, all the way back at the beginning of Season 1, I would encourage you to do so so that you know what to expect from the leftover pieces, because I do have several different styles of episodes that I record and we do release weekly almost all of the time. So I hope that you will come back often to join us in this community of suicide loss survivors. If you have not already, also, I would encourage you to check out the leftoverpieces.com where you can find and have access to all of the things that I currently offer. Some of those things are online Zoom support groups, links to my books, educational opportunities that I'm adding all the time, as well as different downloadables and resources for all suicide loss survivors. And if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, or you'd just like to connect with me for any other reason, you can do it through the website as well. So until next time, I just want to remind you that I know how lonely this grief is, but you don't have to be alone. Talk soon.